a primer for pain physicians on gadolinium-based contrast agents, caution is advised. By Zachary Pellis from the Lewis Katz School of Medicine, Dr. Leonard Dirigi from Brighton Radiology Associates, Dr. Kim Schaffner from Knott & Boyle PLLC, and Dr. David A. Provenzano from Pain Diagnostics and Interventional Care. Gadolinium-based contrast agents, GBCAs, are approved by the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, for intravenous use during MRI examinations. In the field of interventional pain medicine, gadolinium-based contrast agents have been suggested as an off-label alternative to iodine-based contrast agents in patients with a documented iodine allergy. Recorded interventional pain procedures for which gadolinium-based contrast agents have been used as a visualization agent include discograms, epidural steroid injections, nerve blocks, facet injections, minimally invasive lumbar decompression, and intrathecal pump studies. When used for FDA-approved indications, gadolinium-based contrast agents are considered relatively safe with known potential adverse events including acute hypersensitivity, physiologic reactions, for example, pain at the injection site, nausea, and headache, nephrogenic systemic fibrosis in patients with impaired renal function, encephalopathy, gadolinium storage condition, and gadolinium deposition disease. However, less attention has been given to the risks associated with using gadolinium-based contrast agents off-label in interventional pain procedures. Both intentional and unintentional delivery of a gadolinium-based contrast agent into the intrathecal space pose a risk of severe acute neurotoxicity. Acute toxicity with intrathecal administration may include neurologic and cardiovascular sequelae of seizures, confusion, nausea, tachycardia, fever, respiratory decline, and ultimately death. To understand the neurological risks of intrathecal gadolinium, it is critical to understand gadolinium's chemistry, pharmacology, and proposed mechanisms of toxicity. Gadolinium is toxic in its free ionic state. In an effort to limit the toxicity of free gadolinium, the gadolinium ion is bound to a chelating ligand. These chelating ligands are characterized based on their shape as either linear or macrocyclic. Gadolinium-based contrast agents can be further classified as ionic or non-ionic depending on if the compound is electrically neutral non-ionic or charged ionic. Macrocyclic gadolinium-based contrast agents form a tight cage around the gadolinium ion, making them more stable less likely to release the gadolinium ion than linear gadolinium-based contrast agents. Ionic gadolinium-based contrast agents have a higher thermodynamic stability constant, stronger bond between the gadolinium ion and chelating ligand than non-ionic gadolinium-based contrast agents. There are nine different brands of gadolinium-based contrast agents. Gadophosphocet trisodium, gadoexotate disodium, gadopentatate dimeglumine, and gadobenate dimeglumine, linear ionic, gadodiamide, and gadoversatamide, linear non-ionic, gadoterate meglumine, 
macrocyclic ionic, gadobutrol, and gadoteridol, macrocyclic non-ionic. The prescribing information from eight out of these nine brands mention the risk of serious neurological adverse events after gadolinium-based contrast agent administration. Of these, gadodiamide is the only brand that mentions the neurological risks of intrathecal administration, and its prescribing information specifically states that gadodiamide is not to be used intrathecally. Transmetallation is the major method of in vivo dechelation. Dechelation of the gadolinium ion occurs when endogenous ions, namely copper, ferric, zinc, and calcium, compete for gadolinium's chelating ligand. Research has mainly focused on in vivo gadolinium transmetallation with intravenous use, not intrathecal use. Therefore, the influence of transmetallation on intrathecal gadolinium neurotoxicity is unclear. There have been several proposed mechanisms for acute gadolinium-induced neurotoxicity. Fang and others found that gadolinium exposure quickly led to disruption of mitochondrial function in rat cortical neurons. Mitochondrial dysfunction resulted in an accumulation of reactive oxygen species, which inhibited cellular function and induced apoptosis. Jia and others also studied gadolinium neurotoxicity in rat cortical neurons and demonstrated that oxidative stress from mitochondrial disruption led to strain in the endoplasmic reticulum. Alterations in the endoplasmic reticulum resulted in the activation of the apoptotic pathway. In another study, Feng and others observed dramatic extracellular calcium ion influx in astrocytes after gadolinium exposure. Elevated calcium levels may play an important role in apoptosis. Gadolinium disrupts multiple calcium-dependent pathways since its ionic radius is similar in size to calcium, allowing it to compete with calcium in vivo. Gadolinium has been shown to block voltage-gated calcium channels, inhibit calcium-activated enzymes, and function as an agonist in calcium receptors. These qualities give gadolinium a wide range of detrimental effects, from mitochondrial disruption and oxidative stress to inhibition of muscle contraction and nerve signal transmission. Acute intrathecal gadolinium-induced neurotoxicity has been demonstrated in multiple animal models. Ray and others injected gadopentatate dimeglumine into the lateral ventricles of rats. Dose-dependent neurotoxicity was seen with symptoms beginning at gadolinium concentrations of 5 micromoles per gram brain. Affected rats demonstrated behavioral changes and focal lesions in the thalamus, brainstem, and spinal cord. No evidence of neurological decline was observed in rats that received gadolinium concentrations of 2.5 or 3.3 micromoles per gram brain. In a second study, Ray and others performed a similar experiment, this time including the gadolinium-based contrast agent gadodiamide. Once again, dose-dependent neurotoxicity was seen, with morphological changes beginning at 1.25 micromole per gram brain and behavioral changes beginning at 2.5 micromoles per gram brain.
Tony and others found that 2.5 micromoles per gram brain intrathecal gadopentate dimeglumine caused no significant signs of neurotoxicity in rats. However, documented histological changes were seen including gliosis and inflammation. Numerous documented cases of intrathecal gadolinium-based contrast agent acute neurotoxicity have been reported in humans with outcomes ranging from transient signs and symptoms with no long-term sequelae to death. Neurotoxic effects resulted from both intentional and unintentional intrathecal delivery of gadolinium-based contrast agents. Neurotoxic intrathecal gadolinium concentrations ranged from 1.07 micromole per gram brain to 7 micromoles per gram brain. In human case series and reports using lower concentrations, for example 0.07 to 0.36 micromole per gram brain of intrathecal gadolinium, no signs of acute neurotoxicity were seen. Alarmingly, dose ranges found to be relatively safe in animal models, for example rats, have been demonstrated to be neurotoxic and even fatal in humans. For example, doses as high as 3.3 micromoles per gram brain have caused no neurotoxic effects in rats, but doses as low as 2.3 micromoles per gram brain have been fatal in humans. Notably, doses lower than 2.3 micromoles per gram brain, 1.07, 1.43, and 2.14 micromoles per gram brain, have been neurotoxic in humans but not fatal. The disparity between animal and human neurotoxicity at similar concentrations undermines the efficacy of directly comparing animal and human responses to intrathecal gadolinium. This highlights the need for further research into the specific mechanism and risk factors for human gadolinium-induced neurotoxicity. Specific volumes and dose limits for gadolinium-based contrast agents have been suggested as viable visualization alternatives in interventional pain procedures when there is the possibility of inadvertent or deliberate intrathecal administration. First, we will remind the listener that the administration of a gadolinium-based contrast agent via routes other than intravenous is an off-label use and that significant nervous system-related warnings are listed in the prescribing information. Second, specific formulations of gadolinium-based contrast agents have deferring chelating agents and concentrations of gadolinium, and thus the toxicity profile of one type is not directly applicable to another. When looking at the limited published clinical reports of acute gadolinium-based contrast agent neurotoxicity to date, physicians may desire to stay below a gadolinium dose of 1 micromole per gram brain, for example, theoretical number based on case reports suggesting neurological risks. Based on a theoretical dose limit of 1 micromole per gram brain, restricted gadolinium-based contrast agent volumes based on the gadolinium-based contrast agent's gadolinium molar concentration would be feasible. Gadolinium-based contrast agent volume limits would range between 1.4 milliliters, 1 mole per liter of gadolinium, to 5.6 milliliters, 0.25 mole per liter of gadolinium. The relative radiographic conspicuity of a gadolinium-based contrast agent is directly correlated 
to the gadolinium concentration of the agent selected. Gadolinium-based contrast agents that have a higher gadolinium concentration are more visible under fluoroscopic imaging, but lower volumes would have to be used to stay below the theoretical neurotoxic intrathecal administration level. Intrathecal gadolinium poses a serious risk of neurotoxicity even at small doses. Gadolinium-based contrast agents are not FDA-approved for use in the intrathecal or epidural spaces. Furthermore, if gadolinium-based contrast agents are being considered as an alternative to iodine-based contrast agents for visualization in interventional pain procedures, one must remember that this is an off-label use with significant risk of acute neurotoxicity when intrathecal administration occurs intentionally or unintentionally. Since different types of gadolinium-based contrast agent have different chelating agents and concentrations of gadolinium, the toxicity profile of one type is not directly applicable to another. Extensive research is required to better understand the risk of gadolinium-based contrast agent neurotoxicity. Until further basic and clinical research is performed, gadolinium-based contrast agents should not be considered a safe and viable alternative to iodine-based contrast in neuraxial interventional pain procedures for which there is the risk of intrathecal administration. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode of Azra News, please consider subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review.